What's up, nerds? This is Deej Penalo here from the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast Network, and I'm here to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nerd Talkalypse Podcast Network. If you become a patron, you pay as little as $1 per month recurring. That is $12 per year billed monthly. That is less than pennies a day and hardly noticeable when it comes out. That is less than you pay for a coffee or a Coke. Now listen, when you do this, you gain access to an exclusive patron-only RSS feed. You can add that RSS feed to your favorite podcast player. That will be the home of the Nerd Talk Lips podcast bonus shows provided by individual hosts within our network. That being Robert and Colton from Virginia Geekums, me, or Lane from Nerd Talk Lips. That is a really dope deal, guys. We're working really hard to provide you guys more content from within the network. And this will include other Patreon-exclusive shows. Head over to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash nerdtalklips. We have a group for the Nerdtalklips podcast network. You can join Bridging the Geekdoms, all that good stuff. Got a lot of stuff coming. So if you could consider maybe heading over to patreon.com slash nerdtalklips podcast network and just putting a dollar on the line every month. That would be extremely helpful. Hello, sir. What can I do for you? Howdy there, partner. I'm in the market for one of them new internet radio show t-shirts I hear so much about on them applications. T-shirt, you say? Yeah. One that'll catch the eye of my lovely lady friend. You know what? I think I may have something right up your alley. Oh, do tell. You see, we have this awesome Hanes tagless tee with the slick logo of Nerd Talkless Podcast Network on the front with all the awesome shows listed on the back. Nerd Talkless Podcast, Fandom Vibe, and even Bridging the Geekdoms. Well, I'll be a horse's patoot. That's right. And you can get that all for the low cost of $17.99 at teespring.com, as well as coffee mugs, stickers, tank tops, and hoodies. I'm going to have to get me one of them stickers for the back of my pick up truck. <laughs> That's excellent, man. Just log in to teespring.com slash shop slash network and order yours today. Yeah! But wait, why did I walk into a store if you're going to send me to a website? everyone welcome in to the fandom vibe presented by nerd talkalypse podcast this is your number one source for news from trending pop culture and fandoms alike what's up everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the fandom vibe and we are going to be discussing uh san diego comic-con and all the great things that came out of that and i'm back with my good buddy john yeah what's up <laughs> I don't know why I said I, I never I never talk like that. Why did I say yeah? What's up? Hey, whatever, man. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> so I mean, hello, hello, fellow nerds. I am here to talk to you again today. <laughs> so I had um, I had some compliments based off our last episode together. So I was, you know, I'm happy to bring you back on again, and um, hopefully, yeah, it's man, anytime. More of a you know we could do it more often. But John here was actually at San Diego Comic Con, so he's the best guest to have on the show for this. So this I don't know if is I'll be really, the, really cool. the best one, but I, I'm, I'm a decent one. That's well, I think you're decent guest to have on. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. just fucking <laughs> with you. <laughs> 
No, yeah, I was at Comic Con. Uh, I've been going to Comic Con for God. My first Comic Con was back. Or San Diego. This was back in 2002. Uh, and I went last year, and I went again this year to do stuff for my podcast show. And while I was there, I was sending Deej a bunch of freaking notes and pictures and shit from the uh, the retailer event that I got, I got to go to. Because not only do we have um, passes for Comic Con, we get retailer passes, so we get to go to the Diamond the Diamond Retailer Lunch, talking about all the new comics that are coming out, and do a bunch of cool stuff like that. Like uh, go out and have drinks with Robert Kirkman and do the Skybound thing. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've I've aptly titled these in the notes uh, John's inside scoop because you were sending these to me and telling me not to post them. So that's pretty cool. Right, you, 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 they, they can be posted now. Now it's fine. But when I was when I was I was sending, sending them to you literally as they were as they were talking in the meeting. So you were getting like live as if you were sitting there. Right, that's awesome. And I, I couldn't. Have, <laughs> I was so sick that I could barely see. Like I couldn't really read them or do much anyway. So. Yeah, well, I don't think that there was a like. I don't think I was supposed to be sending those pictures, but whatever. Fuck it, it's over with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I figure I figured for this first part, my inside scoop. I'll just kind of go through some of the pictures that I have, and you can feel free to post this if you want to or not or whatever. People can just listen to it, and I'm not going to go through every single thing that I saw there because it was a two and a half hour long meeting. And if we did that, and I thought we talked about everything, we'd be here for eight hours, man. Oh yeah, I know. Right. So. Yeah, I would kind of touch on each public. This is all. This is super nerdy. This is basically this is the comic side of stuff, and we'll kind of touch on some of the comic stuff. And you know, just stop me whenever you want to stop me and have me come in. But uh, um, the first person, the first publisher to present at the retailer event was DC Comics, uh, which is interesting because last year DC was the last publisher to present. So that's it's kind of funny how it switched around. I think I think Marvel and DC kind of switch every year because Marvel was one of the first ones last year, and this year Marvel was one of the last ones. So it kind of uh, kind of did that, but. DC's doing another big crisis event, which I, honestly I'm over crisis events in comics. I don't read them anymore. But so wait, what is whatever. this crisis event? Do you have any idea? So this one's this one's called Heroes in Crisis, and it deals with. Um, I mean, it, it's another crisis, another event. Basically, the crisis events are the big crossovers within DC Comics. They've been doing them since '87 or '86 when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's like how they deter. It's how, what, what they call their big crossovers. Like there was. Identity Crisis, uh, Forever, or Crisis Forever, Forever Crisis, or whatever, some shit like that. And this one, new one is Heroes in a Crisis, and it's this big crossover event with Booster Gold and Harley Quinn and all the main DC superheroes on the covers and stuff. And it's kind of it's 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 like a, a mini series that has uh, tentacles out into the main in some, of the, some of the main storylines. It should be it looks kind of interesting, but I'm not. I probably won't. I probably won't. Well, read so it what personally. is it? Is it Doctor Manhattan? No, well they're 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 bringing in elements of the Watchmen for this, but they didn't really reveal too much of what the storyline was at the event. They just kind of released the covers and released some uh, a couple of shots of the inside artwork for it, and kind of said and kind of said it was going to be on sale in September. Well, see, I, the only reason I mm-hmm. asked that is because I was I was talking to somebody at work last night about um, about like Doomsday Clock. I was like, does anybody know where Doomsday Clock is at and what the fucking deal with Doctor Manhattan is and, <laughs> and all that shit? And they're like, well, aren't they doing another crisis? And I'm like, oh shit, I guess that totally yeah. makes sense. Maybe that's what that's what that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. So all the events of Doomsday Clock are leading up to the Heroes in Crisis. Pretty much, I believe. Yeah, interesting. yeah. I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, I'll, so like I said, I, like oddly enough, you were just on one of our episodes for Spoiler Country. And we, I talked about this there. I don't read these big events as they come out i read them at, after they're all done so i can kind of read them all at once without having to wait week to week because i don't like doing that i like to binge <laughs> so i'll probably read this after it goes to trade next year sometime so i'll know more about it then right um 
But one thing that DC did announce that I am pretty excited for, because I think this is a super cool idea, is DC is finally getting behind 24-Hour Comic Day, which is uh, on, it's October 3rd, I believe, or it's like the first Saturday in October or something like that. Um, no, actually, wait, 24-Hour Comic Day? Yeah, it's October. But so DC is finally getting behind uh, 24-Hour Comic Day, which is an event that I've done for a couple years in a row. It's where you try and do uh, a full-on 24-page comic in 24 hours, uh-huh. right? It's it's crazy event. I, I've managed to do it only because I kind of cheat because I use my my Joel and Only comic series. Which if anybody knows what that is, it's like I have these photoshopped characters. I just move around static backgrounds and like make jokes about it with them. <laughs> so I've done that a couple years in a row, and I'll probably do it again this year because it's just a lot of fun. But DC's getting behind Twenty Four Hour Comic Day, and they're actually releasing three separate blank comic books with like the the trade dress on the front of it, like these Superman. Um, Batman, Wonder Woman with the full-on DC Universe trade dress, number one. The logos on them, they, they say like Batman blank, Superman blank, and have the 24-hour comic day logo on the bottom. And the books themselves inside are actually blank, and the whole thing's printed on 80-pound um, paper, which is good for drawing on. So they're actually printing out full trade-dressed blank comic books for you to draw your 24-hour comic day into. That's pretty interesting. It is, it is, because it means... What they, what they joked about is you can write like you know Superman versus then whatever character you have or Superman and the whatever characters you're making in, the, in your comics your comic for the day and kind of like incorporate that into your story or just do whatever you want to do it's it's kind of cool because it allows you to have when you're done with it you know you have this book you've done and it's a your it's your your hand drawn comic for the day which is kind of cool that is kind of cool. cool way to get like yeah to get like you know, people who are interested into it and kids into it like i'm sure i'll buy the wonder woman for my daughters and they'll draw a comic in it this year because they're all excited for that so i got you know. I, I mean i used to get like uh walking dead when I, I used to i don't have a local comic book store so i would get walking dead comics book sent to me um right over like a pull service online and they used yeah, they yeah. sent me um blank covers before nice with like nice that yeah, I, I have lots paper of- that you were talking about yeah, I have lots of blank covers. So I draw on them and sell them at art. My, my, when I do tables at comics for my art, I'll draw on the blank covers and, and sell them. Like sell them like a dead. I mean, Deadpool is easy to sell, but like Deadpool and like draw Harley Quinn or Superman on a cover, and you can sell it for like you know forty fifty dollars, which is nice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was that was actually kind of what the cool thing DC was talking about was uh, the blank covers. Um, they also talked about they have they're starting to get into young reader stuff again, uh, trying to focus on pushing the future of comics with like the DC zoom and the DC ink series with like young readers and then like, um, teenage readers. So they're giving like, they're making certain storylines or certain comic books focused or pointed at younger readers. And then, you know, teenage readers to get them into reading comic books when they're older, can like, can like start them young and bring them up, you know, into comics, which is, which is cool. So we'll see how well that works. I mean, they've DC's done it before with like the DC Johnny series or DC young guns, stuff like that. So, We'll see how it goes. I, I, I'm always I'm always for anything that can get people into reading comics earlier. Because if you don't read them, if kids don't start reading comic books, there won't be any reading comic books in the future. That's true, very true. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did um, look through some of this stuff, man. I, I, there, there's one thing in particular that I'm excited for, but that's not in DC. That's in Dark Horse. Cool. When we get there, make sure you tell me what Absolutely. that is. Uh, one of the big things DC talked about, and a lot of people are excited for DC Comics, is the DC Comics Black Label, which is going to be large formatted darker tales like I, it's, that's the best way to put it is they're, they're, the books themselves are larger format they're bigger formats so they're not going to fit like your standard comic book sleeve and stuff they're going to be like a bigger book mm. and they're going to be like the first one they released was Batman the Damned by Brian uh, Azzarello who anybody who knows who Brian Azzarello is he did a 
bunch of really kick-ass Batman stories like 10 years ago. So it's cool to have him come back and work on that. And they showed some of the artwork for it. And if you can post it, you should definitely post it because the artwork looks phenomenal. It's painted. They're painted pages, but they're, they're I don't know. They're realistic. The, the, the color tones on them are amazing. They just everything about them looks good and they're all large format so you'll be able to actually dig in and look at this artwork and see like the details of the city line and details of, of everything in it and in this book is batman and john constantine oh interesting I mean, <laughs> that's a cool ass fucking combination of characters yeah absolutely yeah and then the second title they're releasing on, on black label is, is superman year one and me being a huge superman fan you would think i'd be excited for this but i actually don't like the writer or the artist on this series like, I'm not a fan of Frank Miller, and I'm not a fan of John Romita Jr. So I'm like, I'm looking at this story with a, a grain of salt. Like, okay, maybe I'll read it because Frank Miller's been open about his hatred of Superman or his dislike of Superman over the years. So I'm curious of why they're giving him a Superman book. You know? Yeah, it's pretty strange. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably still read it because it's Superman down the road. But I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm gonna like it because I don't, I don't like Frank Miller's take on Superman from other stories he's done. But well, I mean, I'll give it a chance. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one in DC Black Label is Wonder Woman Historia, which you can't have, I mean, you can't do Batman and Superman without doing a Wonder Woman book. That's, that's, that's the trinity of DC right there. And this one's by the amazing Kelly Sue Dominic, or Deconic, and then uh, drawn by Phil Jimenez, who is an amazing artist. It should be fun. They didn't really have much to tell on that one besides it being a story about the Amazons with Wonder Woman there. So it's going to be more Amazon based or Amazonian based than I, her outside of the Amazons, which should be kind of cool. And it's going to be a darker, more gritty tale because that's what DC does nowadays. Right. Um, this one I thought was cool because I grew up in my not grew up but in my college years. I read a lot of Neil Gaiman because that's I was that moody, you know. I wasn't a goth kid, but I was a wannabe goth kid. I didn't wear all black, but I just read a lot of Sandman, <laughs> a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff. <laughs> and so Neil Gaiman's actually coming back to Sandman finally after all these years, and he's doing Sandman, the Sandman universe, where they're basically making an entire universe out of the Sandman characters with. Uh, you know, with with him writing some of the stories and the other other writers and artists coming in and telling other stories in, the, in that same world, all inside inside the Sammy universe under DC Vertigo, which is really cool. So they've got a whole plethora of series like The Dreaming, The House of Whispers, Books of Magic is coming back, uh, Lucifer is coming into the, the Sammy universe. So it's gonna be it's gonna that's gonna be pretty cool. And again, I will probably pick up a couple of these with these when they come out, but I'll probably wait until they go to trade to read the whole thing. Cause it's, I mean, that's one, two, three, four, it's five series is coming out that I, I probably don't want to have to keep up with at the same time, but it's pretty cool looking. And they're bringing Lucifer back, which Lucifer's, if you watch Lucifer on Fox, he's based off of this, this, the Sandman new game of Lucifer character. I have not watched Lucifer, but I've heard it's amazing. So I don't, yeah, I've heard, yeah it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, they got Tom Welling on there now and I'm a, I'm a big Tom Welling fan from his Smallville days, Smallville days. <laughs> so, I mean, I like Smallville. I don't care what he says. It was a fun show. Interestingly right? <laughs> enough, uh, with, without having to get in too much of a tangent, somebody just recommended to me a podcast. I'm going to recommend it to you. I was fucking just going to tell you to listen to it. Are you talking about Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum? Yes. Dude, the first episode with Tom Welling is so great. Is it? I have yet to listen to it, but to it. I mean, yes. like I, I listened to like a part of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get back in into listening to it but yeah somebody just recommended it to me and i uh it dude interesting. i was gonna do it yesterday oh yeah <laughs> yesterday yeah it the, the tom only episode is so good it talks about like it's pretty they're, they're, I mean, they're blunt they're pretty frank on how they felt about filming it and their feelings about the about the show and cons and fans you know they're not negative and they're, they're very positive both of them are very positive but they're 
like Tom Wynn talks about how for a long time he just didn't want to deal with it. Cause he's like, I didn't play Superman. I played Clark Kent cause he didn't want to be a superhero character because when he started the show, superhero movies and shows were all pretty much trash. You right. know? <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's pretty raunchy. And you know, Michael Rosenbaum's a funny guy and he, he, he says a lot of off color jokes in it and it made me laugh a lot. So <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, there's a recommend for you all. Perfect. <laughs> And then the DC portion ended out with them going over some more Vertigo titles. They're they're, you know, they're, they're trying to bring Vertigo back because Vertigo kind of fell off the fell off the radar for a little bit. But Vertigo is basically DC's mature line, which is they have some fun stuff in there. So that's where DC ended up with. It was DC's whole thing was whole presentation was very like by the book, not very exciting. You know, the, here, here's the details kind of thing. You know, so it's kind of good information, but it was kind of boring. Right. Very, now, did um, that, does this have anything to do with like the? I guess you weren't they weren't in the pictures or anything, but there's like I saw that they were doing a, um, the three Jokers, and then they're doing. Yeah, yeah, they didn't talk about that at all in the in the, in the retail. They, they were mostly talking about stuff coming out, um, September forward. Okay. <clears throat> but the three Jokers thing is, is interesting, and I'm kind of wondering if they're doing the three Jokers in the movies now, because they've got the Walking Phoenix Joker and they've got the Jared Leto Joker, and I wonder if they're gonna like do the three jokers within the, within the DCEU at some that, point cuz they're going to they're kind of they're kind of setting that up. That would be really interesting. I'm still waiting for the movies to catch up with Rebirth. I'm a little tired of the uh ever all the movies being the new 52 iterations. Yeah, it, it, it'll get there. I mean, they're doing once they do Flashpoint, it'll get there. Are they doing Flashpoint again? Oh no, well, I'm talking movies, about yeah. I'm talking about the animated movie verse. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so they got they just released Death Superman, and then they just released the trailers for Reign of Superman, uh, which you know is like the you know Superman dying and then Superman coming back and from the comics. And they, they're doing it in the re, in the New Fifty Two animated version, but they'll probably I mean they'll probably catch up to Rebirth or re- reboot the animated universe here probably in a movie or two. But uh, I'm excited to see those two movies because they look they look well, really good. Do but Hush I agree. Too. They, I, yeah, I have a feeling Hush is going to be in its own little thing. I don't think Hush is going to be in the, uh, oh, okay. the animated no, I universe. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So up next at the retail event was Titan Comics. Um, and, dude, Titan Comics, I love them. They are so great. They are Last year and this year, they were the most exciting retailers or, uh, sorry, publishers to listen to. Because they're just so damn funny. This is, yeah, they're this a is publisher out of I'm not London. familiar with at all. I don't know any of these titles except for Doctor Who, but I'm not a Doctor Who guy. Yeah. So, Right. Well, they're, they're a publisher out of London, right? So they, they have the, the one guy up there who is Andrew Sumner, who's the EVP of Titan Entertainment, who's a, an awesome dude who we've, I've actually became friends with a little bit now. He is, um, he's got a thick Liverpool accent, and he's funny as shit. <laughs> so... They they just have fun with it, right? They're the most exciting ones. They talk about the books. They talk about they tell some off color jokes, and I mean it's it's just it's funny. So they've got a bunch of Doctor Who stuff coming out for the Thirteenth Doctor, the new female Doctor, which looks pretty cool. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, there's a ton of Doctor Who stuff coming out. They've got Doctor Who Day on November twenty fourth. They announced they that was the fresh announcement of as of that that meeting. Um, which funny side story is uh, we might be partnering with them for that, which is hush hush, but still, I'll tell you here. Um, they actually have the rights to Tank Girl, which is cool. If you've, if you've never read Tank Girl, read some Tank Girl. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've heard. I've um, heard of Tank Girl. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. They're they're finally doing a, an ongoing series for Tank Girl. Um, they're doing a Tank Girl Day to celebrate 30 years of Tank Girl in October on October 20th. 
Uh, she, she's a fun character. I loved her movie. I, I love her character. She's actually created and originally drawn by the by the the guy who created the Gorillas, the band. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the same guy who did Two to Tank Girl. Interesting. Yeah, not not just the guy who did the artwork for the Gorillas, but the guy who started the band of the Gorillas with, with the guy from Blur. That's crazy. So with Damien from Blur. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so Titan also does Robotech. Um, they, they have a bunch of they have a bunch of um, licensing agreements. You know. Like they do, uh, Life is Strange, which is a, a game that turned to comics. They did they do Max Allen Collins series. They do a bunch of hard crime series, um, which look pretty cool. There's a bunch of like uh, the girl, uh, the the girl with dragon tattoo. They do that series, and they're bringing out and they're bringing a new comic book series in that universe, told all new stories in the in that universe. You know, which is pretty cool. Um, they have a bunch of. Um, Hard crime, like I've said there. If you like hard crime stories, I think Titan's the only only publisher putting out like quality shit like that. Right. And then they've got let's see a ton of stuff. Kind of fast forward to some good stuff here. Oh, they're bringing back Michael Moorcock's Elric. So if you ever read Elric um, in the olden days of the, it's high fantasy, uh, Titan's bringing it back with new stories by Michael Moorcock and other people and stuff like that. Which should be cool. Uh, let's see what else here. If they do toys and stuff too, so they're doing like the limited edition Yellow Submarine comic book and toy set, which is the Beatles. If you like the Beatles, um, they're doing a they're doing a Blade Runner twenty forty nine uh, comic, which should be kind of cool. Here's what I'm excited about for them: is they actually partnered with DC Comics to do a novelization of The Killing Joke and Mad Love. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. It's really interesting. Yeah, and one those covers there look freaking phenomenal, and two. Those like, I'm not a fan of the Killing Joke, but Harley Quinn Mad Love is such a good story that I cannot wait to read that novelization. Yeah, I've never, I don't even, I'm unfamiliar with the story, but I know it's very popular. However, I, Dude, should, I'm excited here about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was say if if you have any interest in Harley Quinn at all, about her origins, about how her how she comes in with the Joker and how that how that relationship is supposed to actually be, Mad Love is a story you want to read. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I'm interested in the uh, tie-in here for uh, the Spider-Man game. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think it's so cool because like Titan has they're publishing books from both Marvel and DC under the Titan Comics because they get licenses like for tie-ins for other stuff. It's really cool how they do that. Yeah, it's really. Inter- I'm I've never been more excited for a video game than I am for that Spider-Man game. So I'm really excited about that. I want to check that out. Is that the is that the PS4 yeah. game? Isn't that is that out already? Or did that, that it come comes out? out? No, in September. Dude, I I kind of want to buy a PS4 just for that. Oh game. my god, man, it looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I've been watching the trailers for that for like a year now. Going, dude, I want a PS4 just for this. <laughs> I just want I want to I just want a web swing. I just want a web swing. I know, man. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're also doing they they do art books. So they're doing art books for Firefly. Shoot, I mean everybody loves Firefly. They're doing Preacher, Predator, Alien. A bunch of really cool stuff. If you have money to spend on fancy art books, they've got some really cool ones. That's really neat. Yep, and then they've got a bunch of uh, of um, they do they do these Titan these Titan Hero things, which like these are like they're kind of like pop figures, but not as big and cheaper and kind of cool. And they're like blind boxes thing. You know, they have ones for American Gods and Aliens and Cartoon Network and all that Beatles and Doctor Who and stuff, which are kind of which are pretty cool. And that's Titan Comics. I mean, they're they're a cool company. Um, they ended on a, uh, a tribute to Steve Ditko, which is pretty oh, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't heard of Titan Comics, check them out because they're one of my favorites right now. Right now. All right, so you're, uh, so it looks like we're about to move into Dark Horse. 
Yes. So right off the bat, now, like I said, I was really sick um, <laughs> uh, when you sent me these. And um, so I was just looking through them tonight. Yeah. And right off the bat, the first thing here is it looks like Stranger Things, which I fucking love, is yep. going to get comics. They're doing a comic. Now, doing are they comic. doing like it yep. from season one? Like, are they just telling the same story in comic book form? Nope, they are not. They are telling the stories they're telling are the stories of of Will in the Upside Down. Oh fuck yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so they're not. There's going to be stuff in the issues about season one, but it's going to be mostly on the stuff you didn't see in season one. That is so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, super. I I actually have it it, from the the retail event. They give you a a bag of exclusive comics you can only get at the retailer event, right? Yeah. And in that was the uh, the first issue of Stranger Things, and I can't wait to oh, read it. Oh, man. <laughs> you got to tell me how it is once you read it. Oh, I, I will. Love, I, I will. fell I in will. love with Stranger Things so hard. It's, it's Dude, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it until season two came out. I'm like, I didn't, my wife watched season one. She binged it the whole thing in one day. And I was like, you should watch it. I was like, oh, I'll watch it later. And I never watched it. And then season two came out, and she started watching season two. And I watched one episode of season two. I was like, hold on. Let me go watch this real quick. <laughs> I went to my office while I was working on some, I was doing some um, artwork for a comic and I put it on and I binged the entire first season and then caught up to where she was in season two, which was like episode five in like two days and then finished out season two with her. <laughs> uh, I bet you, you were so happy you did too. Cause it's so good. Dude, it was so good. <laughs> it's so good. I was, I it's mean, amazing. This, is, this is the kind of show that's, it's two genres that I'm not particularly huge, like a huge fan of. Like, not that I don't that? like sci-fi or anything like that, but like, if I would have known what, if somebody would have told me what the show was about, I would have not watched it. Probably right. just because it's not my cup of tea. But apparently, it, but apparently it's done it fucking so well. is because I loved it. Right. But I, I, uh, going into this, I had no idea what it was about, and I just was like, hey, let's see what all the hubbub is about because people couldn't stop talking about this damn thing. And I watched right. it, and totally fucking fell in love with it so fast. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm so excited that this is what they're doing, and that that's that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm pissed that we have to wait another year for season three, but it's it's okay, it's okay. There's comics coming out to help me over, so it'll be fine. Right. So I don't know what the second one here is, um, like at all. If you, it looks like is it Zelda? Uh, the second one? No, hold on, back up. There's there's Mystery Science Theater three thousand on here. Oh shit! I must and, have them in a different order than you. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. There 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 is a Zelda book coming out from Dark Horse, but I believe, but uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Have you ever watched that? It's like where they riff on movies, like shitty movies. I, I'm familiar doing, with it, but I've never actually watched it. Okay, they're doing a comic book series written by Joel Hodgson and the, the MST3K production team, which is the team that makes, that makes the movies and the TV shows. It's basically where they sit and they watch like public domain movies and like riff on them. Like riff, like riff tracks is the same thing, right? It's the same people. Yeah. So the, the comic book, what they're doing is they're taking public domain comics and the characters are going in and out of the comic books, riffing on the riffing on the public domain comics. Oh, that is genius! Yeah, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? It's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, and then they have Umbrella oh Academy. If you've read Umbrella Academy, oh my god, man. yeah, it, it's getting a Netflix series. Oh my god! And there's new there's there's a new a new new stories coming out. Oh so that's my good. God, man, I absolutely adore the Umbrella Academy. Oh, good, good. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. One of my it, so. most favorite series ever. Nice. Like, nice. I, and I don't know what exactly it is. It was like one of the first comic books I ever read. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I uh, I have not. 
in the gift bag they gave us, there's a copy of the first issue of the new series. So I should probably read that and see if I like it or not because I, I haven't read it yet. Oh man, so good! It's very, yeah. very interesting. So they talked about in the live action series. They talked about coming, dude. Fuck yeah! Yeah, they talked about that, and it's, it's it looks. They didn't show us anything, but they talked about how how cool it is, how it's coming along. So, and is Gerard, is Gerard Way involved? Yeah, yeah, he's involved. He's a, I think he's an executive producer on oh, the show. It's amazing. Yeah. And they talked about Hellboy, obviously, because there's a movie coming out, and they showed the picture of that we've all seen already. But they announced that they're doing um, uh, a couple of new series of Hellboy. They're re- they're releasing new Omnibus collections uh, that collect all the stories in chronological order. So if you want to read all about Hellboy, you can go buy an Omnibus and read the stories in the order that tells like the life of Hellboy, which is pretty cool. And then they're reprinting in October the story of the Wild Hunt, which is what the new movie is based on. So you can people can people can read that too. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I like Hellboy. I love. I love the movies. I love the comic books. So it's. It's cool. I'm excited for the new movie. It'd be fun. Yeah. But. Uh, yep. Yep. And they talked about this one's cool. Um, Anthony Bardot, who is no longer here, he has a book coming out called Hungry Ghost, which it features like horror tales based upon food, <laughs> and then it has recipes by him in it about based around these like stories and this food that kills people essentially that's kind of cool thing that's a little strange it's called yeah it's called hungry ghost and stuff now did you ever watch aliens as a kid uh you know that's on my nerd years resolutions oh shit okay so alien one and aliens are amazing <clears throat> hold on sorry um alien three is, is garbage okay so there's a long thing that aliens three was reshot by the studio and totally fucked up so finally, after all these years, Dark Horse is publishing a comic book that is based on William Gibson's original screenplay before the studio took it and messed it oh, up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So fans of the series who've been waiting for this, the William Gibson cut, will finally get the William Gibson cut in comic book form. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they talked about Venture Brothers. I don't know if you've ever watched Venture Brothers, but they're releasing an art book that has the first six seasons in it and plus some stuff for season seven of the Venture Brothers. And then Dark Horse has the Nintendo license to publish art books. So they're releasing a bunch of encyclopedias and Mario art books and collector's editions. And they're doing, uh, they've done a couple of Zelda art books and like companion books. And they announced they're doing one for the Switch game, uh, Breath of the Wild, which looks pretty cool. And that's probably what you saw you were talking about earlier. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're doing a regular edition and then a Heroes edition, which has like. A glass orb, a, a cloth map, a bunch of extra stuff with it, whereas the regular edition is just the book by itself. Very interesting. Yeah, yep. Yeah, Dark Horse was cool. Uh, they were, they, I mean, they're always fun. I, I, I've often wondered why Dark Horse, Dark Horse isn't a bigger company because they publish so much cool shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, up next was Valiant, and I don't, this is, sounds bad, but I don't really care for Valiant, so I don't really pay. I mean, I took pictures of everything, but I don't really pay attention because I don't really give a shit um but for those who like valiant which is fine they're doing a new faith faith is the plus size superhero which i think is a cool concept but i kind of think valiant use it as a gimmick you know to say we have a plus size superhero but whatever uh she's getting an ongoing series they're doing a bunch of crossover events like they always do they talked about the the vin diesel bloodshot movie which they're making um which i, I don't know i don't really i don't know they sent us a copy of the script uh, an SCCC example of the script or a script book edition of like the first issue done with like as a movie. And they talked about all these big, like 
crossover events they're doing and stuff like that. And I don't know. It looks cool, but I don't, I don't know. I never really cared for Valiant too much. So it wasn't for me. Yeah. I don't but even if know like, if you like them. They were a bit. They were. They were in the '90s. They were part of the reason why the market crashed in the '90s. I mean, they weren't the only reason. They were part of it. Like they were printing, overprinting books, doing a bunch of number one issues, just like Marvel was, just like DC was. Variant, variant covers here, variant cover there, special foil edition here, whatever. Um, they're probably right now. They're one of the worst with with variant covers. Like they do a, they do a. So I don't know if you know how variant covers work for stores, but like there's a regular cover. There's usually a open buy cover which is like an extra cover you can buy for the same book that has no limitations on it then there's the one in 10 one in 25 one in 50 one in 100 one in 250 sometimes there's a one in thousand cover variant what that means is the comic book store has to buy 10 copies of the regular cover to be able to buy one copy of the one in 10 so if there's a one in 1000 variant that means that store has to buy a thousand copies of that virtual of that blank the regular cover to buy one of that extra variant cover damn so it's an incentive for comic book stores to buy more buy more covers, but then they're just left with more covers that don't sell, and then they have the, this one ultra variant cover that they can sell for, you know, more money. But then they have, you know, they only sell five copies of Bloodshot number six, and then they ha- they order a hundred of them. They've got ninety five copies they can't sell. You know, it, it's kind of it's it's. I get why it happens, but it's one of my pet peeves about variants have been being limited that way. You know, I don't know. It just. It, pisses me off sometimes I hate, I don't, i'm not a big fan of variant covers <laughs> yeah we you know back in our early early episodes from spoiler country we did an episode on variant covers and like ultimately i came down to i'm okay with variant covers if they are like a convention variant like if you go to like san diego comic-con and you get the batman 50 comic-con variant because you know that's cool because you were there it's something you can take from the show where you like there's an open buy variant like, there's a regular cover then they do like a themed cover like dc does sometimes they do, like the bombshell themes but it wasn't like a one in ten it was a the store could either order the regular cover or they could order the variant cover and it would be like, you know, no incentive. It's just, you could just order either cover you want to do. That's cool. Or like certain like charity covers and stuff like that. That's fine. But the, the incentive covers where the, it forces the store to buy a certain number of issues just to get that one cover. It's like, come on. Like right now, Valiant is doing a bloodshot rising spirits. Number one glass cover. So the cover's glass with print, printed on glass and the comic book stores have to order 250 copies of the regular issue to get one glass cover. Jesus. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure the glass cover looks cool and whatever, but 250 copies just to buy one of those. That means that means by default, that comic is going to be worth a lot of money because it's going to be hard to get. Not a lot of comic book stores aren't going to buy 250 copies of Bloodshot at a, you know, I think a dollar fifty or two bucks a piece to resell it four dollars. You know, that's a lot of money just to get one cover, and then it's gonna sell. They'll, they'll be able to sell it for like two hundred dollars, but that's not gonna recoup their cost at all. No, that's insane. So there's that, that. There's my variant cover tirade for your show. Sorry. No, no you're good, man. It's the, we don't. I, in I guess here in the in the the network, if you want to get technical, that we don't talk about comic books very often. So it's it's interesting to get this little uh, aspect. Yeah, well, it's it's ego super nerdy when I'm on the show, man. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. That's right. Up next after Valiant was IDW. Uh, they're doing a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse tie-in book um, with Miles Morales and Peter Parker and all that kind of stuff, uh, which is cool because I'm a huge fan of Into the Spider-Verse. I'm super excited for that movie coming out. Oh, yeah, it looks yeah, so good. going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're doing a Vader's Castle series for Star Wars, which is kind of cool. It's going to be five issues, and it's going to be one through five. 
but each issue is a self-contained story that's told from a different character within Vader's castle. Oh. So it's kind of cool how they're Tales doing that. Of, yeah, I like that Tales idea. Of Mustafar. Right. And then they're doing, if you like Turtles, they're doing uh, a Shredder issue talking about Shredder. Because right, right now in the Turtles universe, uh, Shredder's in hell. And so it's going to be a, an issue talking about Shredder being in hell and how he gets out or if he gets out, you know. That's interesting. Yeah, what's really interesting is they're doing a, a Batman Max crossover with Sam Keith, the creator of the Max uh, from the old the '90s, and like, the Max is the guy with the no lower jaw, the big teeth, and like the middle finger claw, which I always thought was super cool as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Keith drawing Batman is just awesome because Sam Keith draws a kick-ass Batman. So that's actually one I might pick up when it comes out because I love Sam Keith on Batman. <laughs> right? Yeah, I saw those images. They look very strange. Yeah, I mean it's it's very stylistic, but I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, IDW is also doing some Dick Tracy work. They're doing uh, Star Wars and Tran- Star Wars versus Transformers, which will be interesting. Um, yeah, what the fuck? They're is doing. That? It's like it's like animated versions too, so it kind of looks crappy because it's done off like the '60s animated version of Star Trek. But I, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see how it works out. Um, they're doing art books based upon the Abyss, and they're doing a Jim Lee DC Legends art book, which should be cool. And then. One of the things that I get excited about is, is Dark or IDW does these big art, artifact edition books. They're like, they're, I mean, they're big. When I say they're big, I mean, they're like the size of a coffee table, right? They're huge. And they're doing, they're reprinting the Bernie Wrightson one. And Bernie Wrightson was the creator of Swamp Thing and does some amazing freaking horror artwork. And they're redoing the version, that one, because it sold out quick. And I actually might pick that up because that's a book that I would love to have sitting on my coffee table to go to look at and just look through his artwork. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they're doing uh, a Batman animated series game, and then they're doing uh, some Tales from the Crypt reprints, which is interesting if you like that kind of stuff. But after IDW is Marvel, and I gotta say, Marvel is the most boring presenter ever when it comes to this shit, but they have some interesting stuff. So I think it's because Marvel's so corporate now with Disney behind him. Like, everything is like, we are Marvel, we are by the book, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was, I mean, Danny Coates was there. And he's kind of interesting guy. He's got purple or pink hair, and he's kind of he's kind of uh, energetic and stuff. And then um, the editor in chief was there talking about stuff. But it, I don't know. I it's Marvel's a very confusing company in the comics for me to follow sometimes. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but they announced that they've got uh, uh, new creative teams on like Avengers, Spider Man, and Captain America, kind of going into new to new storylines. Uh, they're saying they're all jump on points for everybody so that'll be interesting um we talked about the inhumans how they killed uh the dog character i can't remember his name Lockjaw. but uh yeah they killed locked on the comics there you go but i'm like does anybody read inhumans i don't know <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> what was cool though is they talked about bringing back marvel knights marvel knights was a cool project they did like 10 10 15 years ago with daredevil punisher blade black panther where it was like the adult version of Marvel characters. They were like grittier, darker, uh, kind of like, it was kind of like the Netflix shows for those characters in comic form. So they're bringing back Marvel Knights, which is cool. And that's going to be awesome because the Daredevil and Plancher stuff, Marvel Knights was freaking awesome. Yeah. Looks interesting. And then they're doing a bunch of Venom stuff, uh, a bunch of Venom crossovers and Venom and a Venom annual now. And like they're, they're pushing Venom really hard at Marvel comics for some reason. And I, I wonder why. Like, is it because of the movie or is there something else going on? You know? I mean, 
I don't know. I would say it's because of I mean, the, the movie, but... but... But the movie's at Sony, and it's not in the MCU. Yeah. You know? That's a whole other podcast. All right, I know. I know. They did more Spider-Man stuff, uh, more... Like, there's a whole Spider-Verse thing, like Typhoid Fever, where with, with Typhoid Mary in it, and a bunch of different Spider-Men, and Iron Fist, and Spider-Girls, which... There's so much Spider-Man stuff. There's Spider-Force, which is like seven different Spider-Men teaming up into it. I was like, what the hell? I don't, I don't quite follow that. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, of course, Spider-Gwen is back with more stuff because it's Spider-Gwen. But Marvel did have one really awesome thing to announce that I'm super excited to talk about. And that is that after freaking years and years and years, Neil Gaiman is finally able to finish up Miracle Man. So if you don't know anything about Miracle Man, Miracle Man was a comic published by Eclipse back in the 80s and 90s. It was originally written by Alan Moore and then taken over by Neil Gaiman in like issue 18, I think it was. And it got put into copyright like fucking hell at limbo because Todd McFarlane bought the rights to it in some way but didn't quite buy all of the rights and so no gaming had to sue him got stuck in litigation in courts for years and years and years and then nobody could publish it and then they wanted to finish the story out but nobody could have, nobody had the nobody knew where the rights quite were and the rights were like all over the place and they had to sue McFarlane again and all this kind of shit went through but Marvel now has Miracle Man and no game is going to be able to finish out the Miracle Man storyline and maybe do new stuff with Miracle Man coming with it now at Marvel. That's interesting. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah, if you if you look if you look up Miracle Man lawsuit, you'll read a bunch of really really interesting stuff. It sounds like it. I'm, I've never even yeah. heard of Miracle Man, so it, it was a British superhero, obviously because or obviously you know Alan Moore and, and New Game are both British. It was very British. It's very cool. It's a very interesting storyline or stories and uh, I'm excited to finally have him come through and kind of go to the end with this one um, because Miracle Man's had a huge following and a huge, huge cult following for the last like 30 years and everybody's been waiting for this to happen for a long time and now it's finally happening that's really cool what a time to be alive right right and the last thing they talked about was uh, Conan the Barbarian's now back at Marvel which is cool because Conan was at Marvel for so long but it kind of fucks over some cool storylines from Dark Horse because they were doing Conan and Wonder Woman at Dark Horse, and now that kind of just acts that because Conan's back on Marvel now. So, well, <laughs> we live in a world of go. new things, cool things, and a lot of fucking retcons. Right, right. Uh, next up was Boom Studios, which they're cool. They're a cool company. They do a bunch of. They're a bunch. Of, they're, I mean, they're all licensing, all cartoon licensing, pretty much like. Rick, I think they do Rick and Morty and they do Adventure Time and shit like that. But um, uh, their presentation was very sales driven. So I'm not, I mean, I don't really, I'm not going to, there's nothing to really talk about, right? They just talked about like, we're your best publisher. We give you this, we give you this thing. We're your best retailer, your retailer's friend, stuff like that. So, I mean, it was cool, but like, it was very much driven to, you should order more of our books because we're your friend type of thing, you know? But if you like Power Rangers, they publish Power Rangers stuff. Um, they publish. Uh, a, a bunch of like uh, what is it they do a bunch of um, cartoon tie-ins like, times, like I said uh, they're doing one thing they're doing interesting is they're bringing they're bringing Joss Whedon back to Firefly so they're doing a new Firefly series written by Joss Whedon which would be kind of cool for like Firefly oh yeah 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 I heard um, this yeah yeah and uh, they're doing like a, a Clone Wars tie-in stuff too, so it's gonna be. I mean, they did some cool stuff, but their their presentation was very sales-driven. It was kind of, I kind of, it was kind of, it was also the last one of the night, so it's kind of checked out. <laughs> yeah, because after after two and a half hours of sitting in a room with people talking to you about their books, it's like 
I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that was the retailer launch. Lots of lots of comics stuff to go over. Lots of lots of nerdy stuff. Lots of cool announcements. Um, lots of cool books I got in. Uh, you know, to read afterwards. Very interesting. It is. It is. <laughs> a lot of comic book stuff, man. It's it's cool though. I don't I don't yeah. often get this side of uh, Comic Con whenever it comes out. Yeah, man, that's 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 Comic Con for you because it's. I mean, it started about comic books and it mo- it it migrated to pop culture. Yeah. So that's the that's, that's the meat and potatoes, the heart of what Comic Con started at was right right there. Those those comics, those publishers. Right. I mean, it's definitely moved into something else now. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Which I guess is, you know, it's the perfect segue to get into the to the real nitty-gritty of what everybody's excited about for, um... Yeah. So, lady nerds and boy nerds, this concludes the part one of John and I's San Diego Comic-Con discussion. You can find part two... Um, probably right next to this episode. This was episode seven. Uh, part two will be episode eight, and we will be discussing the uh, Aquaman trailer, the Shazam trailer, and everything else that Comic Con had to offer that we didn't get to in this episode. But I stand by this episode because we talked a lot about actual comic books, and we wouldn't have any of these properties without actual comic books. Remember that. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for part two. And hear our thoughts on all these awesome trailers and everything else that came out of Comic-Con. Thanks.